previously on the Collide Leadership Podcast. Jesus makes it very clear, I've come to establish my kingdom. What I'm asking you to be unified in is, is advancing my kingdom, preaching the message of the kingdom. But that, that, you know, we have to do, if we have to flesh these things out exactly the same way, that's uniformity. And that's not what Jesus is asking us for. He's saying, be, be unified in purpose, be unified in heart, be unified in spirit, in seeing the message of the gospel advanced. Welcome into the Collide Leadership Podcast. Our vision is to equip, support, and encourage ministry leaders who are serving the Lord in a distinctly Northeastern context. Now, if you haven't already, or if you're new to the podcast, be sure to follow us so that you can have this and other great podcasts delivered right into your inbox every two weeks. Also, if you've been blessed by this podcast, would you consider sharing it with a friend? For me personally, when a friend or colleague sends me a resource, I am so much more apt to listen to it because I trust my friend. So please, if this podcast is blessing you, share it, and we would be so grateful. Well, today it's my distinct pleasure to welcome back into our studio Pastor Kelvin Walker from the Metro District of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. If you had the opportunity to listen to our last podcast, then you know that Pastor Kelvin and I had a great conversation around valuing unity of heart more highly than unity of opinion. So, Pastor Kelvin, welcome back. So glad to have you uh, with us in the studio again. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So today we want to build on what we discussed in our last episode. Uh, For those of you who missed that episode, the key takeaway from our discussion is that Christians are called to be united in Christ, and uh, as we are united in Christ, we'll increase our ability to share the gospel with a world that's definitely fractured. So, Calvin, does unity of heart require that we agree on everything or, or just some things? It doesn't require that we agree on everything, uh, but it does require that we have a level of trust with one another. Mm. Mm. I think part of the problem is that if I disagree with you on something, I can't really jump into it because it somehow plays into my trust of you. Mm. If I don't start from a place of trust, then it's going to be hard for me to enter into a conversation with you that gets us to a place of unity. That's a great word. I think you actually see that playing out in Jesus' life, uh, even when we think about his disciples. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at the trajectory of their life uh, as disciples. You know, people talk about Jesus. He spent three years developing his people, and then those in those three years, those leaders go off and you know, build the church. It's a worldwide movement. And yet you look at the conversations with him that he's having in the beginning of his walk with these disciples, and, and they're very infantile. I mean that in a positive way. They're, they're, they're basic. They're simple. They're, they're questions about core identity that then lead to places later on where he's talking about place, uh, the, the deep, deeper stuff. Right. And to your point, if we're not having those first conversations where we're building trust and building a, a platform where we can go, you know, we can work shoulder to shoulder together on a lot of stuff. If we don't have that, then it makes trusting each other when we go our separate ways much, much more difficult. That's yeah. a good word. I like that. And the, and the question then becomes, so how do we maintain unity uh, for the sake of the gospel and yet still disagree on things like politics, social issues, and even if I say it, some issues of theology? So how do we disagree while maintaining unity well beyond trust? Like, what's the key there? 
We got to be in agreement on the core of the gospel. Okay. That that is as part of the part of the issue that leads to disagreement. Mm. Uh, we spend our time talking about the, for lack of a better word, non-essentials. Yeah. And forget where we are unified on the core essentials. Mm. Who is Jesus? Yeah. What has he done? What is he doing? What he what does it mean to live life in him? You mm. know, how do you know what is what does faith in Christ look like? Meaning, um, what has he done on the cross? And how do we as 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 people access his work of, of, on the cross in our lives. Th- that's an essential. We have to come yeah. to a place where we understand what the essentials are, the core things are, so that we have freedom to say, okay, here are some non-essentials that we can think differently on, and it doesn't it doesn't jeopardize our unity. No, that's a great word because um, you know I think back to the conversations that I've been a part of or I've listened to or I've actually counseled people because they've had such a negative experience in, in my ministry leadership. And, and the question wasn't, how did you live out the Christian ethic in your opinion? It's, why do you feel your opinion's right? Mm-hmm. And those, those are two different questions, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right? Because sometimes when I disagree, if you and I are disagreeing on something and we're both very passionate about it, it can quickly come to, well, you're wrong because I'm right. Mm-hmm. And now I have to discredit you as much as I have to discredit your opinion in order for my opinion to stay right about something that's not essential to your point. And and we're throwing out things like love and mercy and justice, and then we're throwing away things like redemption, and we're throwing away things like grace, yeah, and we're throwing away things that are really we don't even think that we're throwing these things away, but we really are we when are. we have that. You know, the other thing that strikes me too, uh, ministry leaders, and, and I'm, I'm just asking this question. I, I don't. This isn't a statement, ministry leader, especially not about you, but just in general. Do sometimes we talk too much about opinions from the pulpit rather than the gospel? I mean, the gospel's truth should drive our application of that truth in a, in a context. So, you know, Christians aren't Republican or Democrat or independent. Uh, Christians are Christians, and we need to live out our Christian ethic or we need to display our Christian ethic no matter what party we choose to support in what season we're choosing to support them, or, or, or any other social topic or any other issue, mm-hmm. right? Do we, we Sometimes we start with the issue and only sometimes get to the gospel, when maybe the issue is we need to start with the gospel and draw it into every particular issue. And as we start with the gospel, we're reminded of our core identity, yeah, who we are in Christ, and then that propels us that should propel us from there you if i if i may go back to yeah, something please. uh you were saying you know we spend our time trying to prove i'm right you're wrong and then we get into this cycle of wanting you know i have to discredit you in order to prove that i'm yeah. right well whenever we get to a place of trying to discredit we already are eroding trust mm and so that's why I keep coming back to it's got to start with trust, trusting one another, trusting the motives of each other, trusting the heart intent of the other person, and trusting that that person with whom we're talking has their trust established in Jesus. You know, yeah. trust is at the core of it. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, do Because sometimes we go, well, I don't know if I can trust people. All right, listener, flip it around. Do you trust that Jesus can lead another believer in Christ who, from the outside, perhaps, that you see, loves his family, loves the Lord, is, is connected to all the th- same things you are, 
but is coming to a different conclusion on a particular topic. Can you trust that Jesus can work through that person? Yes. Because sometimes if, if we don't think about that, then we're, yeah, we're still thinking, well, I can't believe that person. Well, Jesus is a competent leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we just need to remember that. And yet I'll be honest, because talking like a, uh, on a topic like this, it's easy for us to just sit and, and talk about the challenges if we don't experience them. Uh, leaders, you always have to work through that initial layer of emotion, mm-hmm. right? Because it's fine as long as I'm talking about people who disagree with me as if they're an entity in and of themselves. But sometimes, sometimes I'm going to be wrong. And I don't ever want to admit that. Sometimes I'm going to be very passionate about the wrong topic. And if I forget that, that's another way, I think, that we start stepping into this place of making the other person the enemy rather than the brother who just looks at it differently. Mm. And so I think there's a, I, I would add next to trust, which I think is fundamental, is, is true humility. Yeah. Is without that, then, then, you know, we're just trying to protect our own little patch of, of reality and saying, this, this is my reality, so it has to be right. Otherwise, what's it say about who I am? Yeah, we're protecting our kingdom. Yeah. And losing sight of God's kingdom. Yeah, that's good. So we're ministry leaders. Many of uh, the folks that listen into this conversation are ministry leaders. So not only do they have to learn how to have these conversations well interpersonally, but they also have to learn how to lead their, their organizations, their churches as well. So Calvin, what can the leader do to foster healthy dialogue around the differences of opinion within their church and ministry? Well, one of the things is maybe helping people understand that when they frame conversations, the mindset that from which they frame that conversation, a good a good guide may be what Paul talks about in in Philippians four, you know, thinking on those things that are true and honest, mm-hmm. just and pure, lovely and of good report, mm. uh, thinking on those virtuous and praiseworthy things. If that is my mindset when I'm entering into a dialogue that may have in it differing opinions, then even the way I talk to the person that I'm having a conversation with uh, comes from a place of, hey, I, I trust your heart. You mm. trust my heart. We're, 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 we're on the same page in our core heart desire, mm. even though we think differently. But how my conver- I'm shaping my conversation around the framework of you know what's true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, mm. so that my words that I speak to you are are going to uh, reflect that. Mm. You know, that's good. So, I think one thing that I've also seen, I'd love your thought on this. Um, I think leaders need to risk saying, "I don't know yet." Mm-hmm. I know in my own ministry and my own leadership, there have been times when I've been challenged by myself, it's usually not by the people that are asking me the question, because people assume that ministry leaders know everything. They've got a fully formed and intelligent answer to every question that's ever asked. And so we, as ministry leaders, take that upon ourselves. We go, I've got to give an answer, even if I really don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, that can sometimes then lead to the the false belief that we've got every issue figured out. Yeah. And what happened, leader, if you step up, and and have you seen this work out positively, Pastor Calvin, ever? Friends, I'm not sure, but here's what I'm thinking. That always opens the door mm-hmm. to further dialogue in a healthy way. Because if I come across as I am the expert, mm-hmm. if I come across as I have all the answers, if I come across as I am right on everything, there is only going to be a, a, just a short amount of time before I hit a wall 
and can't answer something. Mm. So I'll make something up or I will come across uh, defensively in trying to defend what it is that I think I do know. Mm. Or the conversation just shuts down. Because if I'm talking to a, for lack of a better word, know-it-all, then mm. I don't really, I don't, I don't really need to have a conversation. You know everything. Just tell me what you know, and then the conversation's done. That's, yeah. You said that. I immediately started thinking about people in my life. They're like that, and that's absolutely right. Very quickly, when you realize they're not interested in what you have to say, it's that's not really a conversation right. anymore. And now let me just let me. I want to speak for just a minute to you who are listening, who maybe aren't the leader in an organization, but you're one of the ones that keeps the leader accountable. Maybe you're a board member, or you serve somewhere, and one of your jobs is kind of to be that that sounding board for the leader of an organization. Would you give permission to your leader to be forming an idea? Because sometimes our leaders are not; uh, they don't feel safe to say, "I'm not sure yet." They feel that there's an expectation around them that they always have to have an answer. So as, as people who are part of that influencing team or community around the leader, voice that safety for them. Say, now, pastor, if you need to take a little bit of time to figure this out, that makes sense. And you, you'll have my support to do that. And if you ever run into problems, let me know. You see, when you voice that for that leader, that's huge. Because sometimes our leaders, they may, they fill in their own ideas in, in the silence, and they're usually not uh, liberal in grace. They're usually very conservative in grace. Oh, no, if there's if there's silence from my board, I've got to have an answer now. Mm-hmm. So ministry leader or, or those maybe you're on a board, just keep that in mind because I think that's something important. Your ministry leader needs to have permission from you to have time to figure that out. And if I can add to that, yeah, please. to the ministry leader, if your board or your accountability group is not giving you that permission, give yourself that permission. Mm. Don't don't put the pressure on yourself to feel like you have to have all of the answers. Mm. Um, feel free to say, hey, I want to establish a, a culture here where we, we're going to take time to find the answer if we don't know it. So right now we're in the middle of this conversation. I don't know the answer, mm. but I'm really thinking through it. So I give me some time. Yeah. Or I may partner with a couple of you to come up with the answer that we need. Yeah, that's good. And what we need to remember, leaders, is we're not necessarily talking about issues of straight theology here, right? right. We're not talking about the, the lordship of Jesus, the election of the saints. These, the, these aren't the things that we're talking about. We're talking about how do we apply those in practice in life. So it's going to take some time because you know some of the issues that you're going to have to face— have never been faced in the history of the world yet right. because they're new. So give yourself that permission. That's really good. But let's talk about us as leaders for a minute, uh, Kelvin. How can we handle personally now sharing our own opinions about a particular issue, which we know not everyone in the church is going to agree on? How do we handle that? Again, I go back to those those words from Paul, you know, thinking on that which is true, lovely, right, pure, um, and asking ourselves— is it important mm. that my thoughts on this be heard? Number mm-hmm. one, because sometimes I think sometimes we, similar to giving ourselves the pre, you know having the pressure to have to have all the answers, mm. sometimes we give ourselves the um, the idea that uh, we have to speak to everything, mm. and we have to give a permission, uh, we give our, our opinion about everything. Mm. That's not always the case. So mm. I would, I, you know, I think asking, asking first of all, is my opinion necessary on this? Second, framing it from the perspective of, 
this is my opinion. Mm. Mm-hmm. As I'm thinking through this, as I'm forming my, you know, all of my thoughts on this, this is my opinion. We're not talking about, you know, the a theological truth that we all look. This is this is what the word says. Yeah. You know, was it, as I think through this, let me let me offer to you my thoughts. Yeah. Um, there may be others in the room who think differently than I do acknowledging that because I think then that opens the conversation without feeling like, you know, now I've got to be combative on the part of the other person, you know? So, and being okay with the fact that my opinion may be different than others. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, once again, we come down to what are the core values of the kingdom Mm. that we all agree upon and, and are unified on? Yeah, no, that's good. And if I could just pick up on that, what one of the things I would encourage you with leader is to recognize the difference between office and identity, because that's going to help us in that, right? Our role as leaders is an office. The role of pastor is an office. The role of ministry leaders is an office, which basically means sometimes I'm in that office and sometimes I'm not. But our identity in Christ is brother and sister. In other words, Kelvin and I are always brothers in Christ. That is the, the the foundation of our relationship. Now, if I pastor a church in your denomination, then I become someone who's under your authority of the office that you hold for the season that you hold it. So as you were saying, sometimes we need to be willing to just share our opinion. That's where that office and identity needs to come in, leader. Sometimes you need to step out of your office mm-hmm. and step into your identity and just reaffirm for people, hey, I'm a brother in Christ and I'm speaking as a brother in Christ, which means... My opinion has no more or less value than anybody else. Right. Because there are other times when that's not the case. We, we step into the office and we say, no, well, my opinion at this point or my, my word has a little bit more authority, but we've got to be intentional. I think that's the word. Mm-hmm. We've got to be intentional about our voice because most of the time your followers are going to legitimize your voice in silence. They're going to assume that you're speaking out of authority. And that can cause problems when you're sharing your opinion and their opinion differs with you. And because suddenly, to your point, Calvin, right now we've created conflict. I don't agree with my leader, and my leader's telling me I have to think something different. Right. right? People fill in the silence with whatever they want. And let's just not create silence about these things. If we're going to share our opinion, then let's set that in that context, which, by the way, I think, our, as we've already established, requires trust mm-hmm. and humility. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's good. And if I if I can follow up on that, this is this is this is so important in the age in which we live. When you talk about uh, speaking on social media platforms, yeah, you know, um, if just using myself as an example, yeah, if I say something on my personal Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, and don't identify it as my opinion. Mm. It could easily be taken that I'm speaking from the office, yes, and now I've made a statement that goes along with the office that causes either, well, this is what we we think, yeah, or it causes friction, mm. you know, and so just just being able to establish your your identity from your office is is so key. Yeah, you know, in in helping to have conversations as brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, and that is so good, and that's actually somewhat of a segue. But it, before I segue, because I want to talk about a little bit uh, the digital alter ego that some people tend to have. 
I think that's a great point. And and honestly, uh, ministry leader, I think we're a bit in the wild west of what does it look like to be a ministry leader in a social platform? Because none of the disciples had social media. None of them were Twittering or Instagramming or Snapchatting. And, and so it, again, this is a new world for us. It's not that this technology hasn't been around for a few years, but really trying to understand the nuance of exactly what Kelvin was saying, that I, I've got multiple voices that I can bring to the table. And so I've got to be very careful about how I use them because people will intuit what they want to intuit and we can't afford to allow that to happen. And neither, um, you know, neither should we stay silent on every issue, right? right. Because we're people, we, we, we have a voice and we are, and some of us are, are, are community leaders. And so we've got to balance that. And, you know, I think where the word of God comes to us, and this is for another time and another podcast, but it's understanding, especially the Old Testament concept of wisdom mm-hmm. that will really help us there. Um, understanding wisdom should drive how and when we speak, but then robing our wisdom, right? I think this is an expression of wisdom in a very intentional, this is how I'm speaking. I'm speaking from the office. Or I'm speaking from myself at this point. It's good. So you mentioned Facebook, Calvin, and I'm so glad you did because one of the things we see as ministry leaders is, is digital alter egos the meek brother or sister in Christ who loves Jesus and, and says all the right words on Sunday morning. But then you meet them on Tuesday in the dark corners of Facebook and and they are displaying none of the fruit of the Spirit. So how as ministry leaders can we begin to engage, address this issue of, I have two lives. I have the life I live when we're together physically but then there's the other life that I engage in digitally. Mm-hmm. How do we help people understand how to live responsibly in that in that world? I think part of the um, the issue here is we have uh, we've got this split mm-hmm. of the sacred and the secular, mm. and we have our we have our sacred lives and our secular lives, and we see we even see God as sacred or secular mm. rather than saying God is God. <laughs> he is God in whatever realm we step into mm. uh, and how he calls us to live and how he calls us to, um, to display his nature and his character through, you know, in our lives mm. uh, is the same regardless of what arena we're in. Mm. So it's not that I speak the truth in love in church and just bash people <laughs> over mm. here it's that w- my 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 language and my walk must be consistent in the arena with my brothers and sisters in public <laughs> mm. as it is on facebook and the witness that i desire to have when i'm in the church pew is the same witness that i should desire to have when i'm on facebook or instagram Mm. And so my 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 speech in church should not be any different than my speech on Twitter. Mm. Um, the same heart, the same uh, guidelines, the same questions that I would ask myself before I would speak out something in church are the same same heart guidelines questions I should ask myself before I post something. Mm. Uh, who who's going to be seeing this? How is this going to speak of the the love of Christ? Mm. How is this going to advance the kingdom? Mm. And I go back to that other question: Is this something I really even need to be speaking to? Mm. I think I think the the digital age in which we live 
has given permission for people to speak to things that they really shouldn't be speaking to, mm. you know? And in that, in that setting, everyone's got an opinion. This is the place where I can talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm, there yeah. are there are some things that I think as as ministry leaders or even as as followers of Christ that that God does call us to speak to. But I think before we speak, we need to ask God, "Are you leading me to do this? Mm, that's good. Do you want me to do this? And what is it that you want me to say? And how how should I frame it? Mm. You know, that's good. Um, I think we have a we live in a day of the. Uh, the digital media being um, the place for a prophetic voice, but we forget that anything that is prophetic is encouraging, it is building up, and it is for comfort. Mm. And we we think that prophetic means I'm going to speak the truth and tear it out there no matter how you receive it. It's truth, it's truth. Yeah, that that, um, is a quick way of getting uh, rejection, (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then what we do is we say, well, I'm suffering for the kingdom. Um, I don't think that's really the case. That's a good word. So, Sometimes we're just suffering because we're, we're, be, we're allowing foolish talk to come out of our mouths. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. I appreciate that. Well, thanks so much for taking, again, the time to join us today. And, and your insights, I think, have, have been an encouragement and a blessing to us. A ministry leader, I recognize it's challenging. Um, and, and we'll find unity when Jesus comes back. Because we're imperfect people. So I want to give you permission to work at it. Take off the idea of, I need to get this right, and just say, I need to do better at this. Hmm. Because we're all going to have to work on it. We're all human beings, and we need to push forward on it. And there's a balance between saying nothing and saying too much. And uh, hopefully we haven't tried to give you the right answers, but hopefully you've heard from uh, Kelvin and I, just as we've talked a little bit, maybe a path forward that'll help you get unstuck in some of the challenges. Because I do believe that one of the most powerful forces apart from the gospel is a unified church, is a church that speaks with one voice and one heart. Because our world is fractured, our world is splintering, our world's desperate to be right because their identity is wrapped up in being right. And when we let those things go, and instead we say, well, we'll just throw love your way, we'll allow you to see Christ within us and discover and allow Jesus Christ to alter us as he sees fit, people are going to be attracted by that. So I really, really appreciate your willingness to listen in today. And and Pastor Kelvin, thank you so much. So as we bring this podcast to a close, let me just pray uh, for you, ministry leader, that God would give you the courage and the compassion to seek unity of heart. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would build into those leaders who are listening, build into our churches a great courage and a great empathy. Uh, Father, perhaps for too long we've tried to be right on opinion, uh, and and instead, Lord, we need to value heart. So would you give our, our leaders courage to to build up the unity of the Spirit in our churches? And would you make our churches places where unity of, of heart is becoming an attractional uh, thing for our communities, that, that those around our churches would see the unity displayed by the church and desire to know more about who you are. Thank you so much, Father. We just lift up our leaders to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, leaders, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Collide Leadership Podcast. Collide Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Rethink Creative, a brand strategy and design studio for churches, ministries, and nonprofits. Take your organization to the next level through branding, web design, and video. Check them out at rethinkcreative.com.